Five Stones Church thanks you for listening to this message from Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information, events, and the latest news, consider connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Together, we can awaken a generation. Come on, somebody bless the Lord in here. Hallelujah. Tell our kids, pastors, you appreciate their work and effort. Richard Nashley, we love you guys. Thank you. Jordan, good job, son. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can be seated for just a moment. Thank you so much. Man, alive. They start now, they started a few weeks ago to have praise and worship like that upstairs every Sunday morning. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Bring the house lights up, guys. I can't see my, my lovely faces, please. That makes me feel better. Y'all look happy. If you're not, I'm going to make you smile. Thank you for being here tonight. I believe God's got a word that, that he's going to release in this house. He's been releasing some stuff. I got three amens. Can you believe that? God's been releasing some stuff, and some of you getting a hold of it. Some of you beginning to understand that you are anointed to win, that you're not designed to barely get by or survive, but you're anointed to thrive, and that God has a plan and a purpose for you. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'd encourage you to look on with me. Let's go back to where I was this morning, just a few chapters over, and let's go to 1 Samuel 22. 1 Samuel 22. I'm kind of in part three uh, of this thought that I've had because I began with, we don't lose. And then this morning, that kind of morphed into, we're anointed to win. And tonight, we're talking about, together we win. Because I'm not a guy that preaches series of messages. You just know that. I don't, I don't work that way. But, but sometimes I get into a vein or a thought pattern that I can't get away from. And I've kind of been there because I feel like we're fighting for something. And I believe that you need to realize you're anointed to be a part of something that God wants to do. 1 Samuel 22, 1 Samuel 22, we're going to read just, just a very short narrative of Scripture. We're going to read two verses out of the 22nd chapter of 1 Samuel. Now, we're picking up after David had been anointed to be king. And we're picking up after David had defeated Goliath. Now we're, we're at verse number 1. David therefore departed, departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. Verse 2. And everyone who was in distress... Everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered to him so he became captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. Now how many understand that when Samuel anointed him, he anointed him to be king, not captain? Am I right about it? He anointed, he was anointed to be king because God had rejected Saul. But the scripture says right here that these individuals rallied around him. These family and this group of people, 400 of them, gathered around him and they made him a captain, not their king. Hmm. 
My problem is, why did God draw all those distressed, debted, and indebted, and, and disenfranchised people to it? I figure if God's going to bring me somebody, bring me somebody that's got it all together. Father, we thank you and praise you for this opportunity tonight. Lord, this is our epic weekend. We set it aside early in the year that we could capture just another opportunity to be in your presence. I believe tonight, God, in the power and the validity of your word to be spoken. I believe for you to release a narrative of scripture today that brings insight and counsel and understanding to our lives. And I believe that over the next few moments, you're going to release the oil of the anointing. And that the power of your presence is going to enter into this room in such a significant way that we will leave here transformed and changed. I take dominion and authority over every power and principality, every hindrance, every work of darkness everything that has been assigned to hinder the men and women and the boys and girls in this room I take authority over it right now we will not tolerate any kind of a distraction to hinder us from our pursuit we have made up our mind our our eyes are faced toward you Lord and we're coming after you with a reckless pursuit and I believe before we leave here today we're leaving here with more oil on our life than we ever had before and that you are going to equip us empower us and anoint us to continue to live in victory so take your anointing take your presence and put it upon us right now that makes preaching easy and hearing a delight and we'll give you glory and honor for it in Jesus name amen amen come on put your hands together one more time just bless him one good time come on just one time just Lord I thank you Lord I bless you Lord I'm ready say Lord I'm ready Lord, I'm ready. I don't know what you got, but I'm ready. I don't know where it's coming, but I'm ready. Hallelujah. See, if you don't come expecting, you leave with what you came expecting for. That was a deep statement right there. We come looking for it right here. We believe in God for something. Now here's what I want to share with you early on because as I was reading these scriptures and I was thinking about them, I couldn't help but think about being anointed to win. Carrying out of this morning's message, being anointed to win, I think we come to the understanding that when there's an anointing on your life, that God is going to equip you and and take care of what's ahead of you. The thing that I want to get in our spirits tonight, and I'm not sure that that maybe I can do it in the, the short duration of time, but it's interesting to me that a lot of times we want people in our life that will help us be better because we're looking for the easiest path to greatness. See, I think a lot of times when, when we're like David was, I, I don't want people to come into my life that got dead. I don't want distressed people in my life. I don't want people that are dependent upon me. But here's what you and I need to understand. When you are anointed to win, the people he's going to bring to you are those that are accustomed to losing. See, this ministry was not established for religious people. God did not birth this ministry seven years ago in order for us to be about patronizing the religious. He birthed this ministry for the broke, the broke down, the hopeless. He birthed this ministry so that we could be the carriers of the anointing so that they could go from a life of losing to a life that's winning. 
How many in this room since you've been in this ministry has had God radically transform you from a place of broken downness to a place of winning? Is there anybody in here that's had God change your life? That's what I thought. See, there's an anointing that will change you. There's an anointing that will change you. Not a man will change you. Not religion will change you. It's going to require the spirit, the glory of the Most High God. There's not a man on this planet who can fix you. (laughs) I've had some folk try to fix me. I'm a tough case to fix. I felt some wives wanting to elbow their husbands because you understand what I'm talking about. Because some of us in this room required a whole lot of deep intervention. But I thought from this standpoint, I myself came in one way. But when I left my encounter with God, I was different. How many can remember the day when you met the Lord, the power of his presence, the glory of his grace, and you came before him one way, but when you turned around from your altar and your encounter and your experience, you left the room totally different than what you'd had. How many ever could relate to this? You went there burdened and heavy laden. You went down front with troubles and trials. And you're not quite sure what transpired, but for whatever reason, whatever was on you, went away. See, if I ain't got you to believe in that, I've got to go all the way back and start talking to you about the power of the anointing. How many in this room, I ask you, He's changed your life. Some of us watched the grace of God change his life. Hadn't been that long ago. Somewhere about right there. Well, it started right there, but. When you understand you're anointed to win, you have to understand. That he is not going to bring you people who will initially complete you. He will bring people to you that need you before you will ever need anything from them. I'm going to say something right now that if you're from another church, you're probably going to get offended. But if you're here, you might as well get offended like the rest of my folks. That was a warning. Because I'm about to fire a shot. Should I go back up on the platform and fire it? For whatever reason, I don't understand it, but the church has a lower standard of commitment than the local Kiwanis club. The reason we're not seeing what God promised us is because our level of commitment has so diminished that God can't trust us with an anointing 
to minister to those he wants to send to us. David's in a cave. David is anointed to be king. David has anointing to win. Now, what God didn't tell him was the difficulty that he would have while he waited. And he wouldn't tell him everything like Saul was going to kill you and threaten to kill you and you were going to have difficulties. But David's hiding in a king, still hiding in a cave, still anointed to be king. And what comes to him doesn't make him any better. It just puts a demand on what he's called to. See, the problem with us is we want people to come into our life that make us better. When the reality is they're going to come into our life so we can make them better. And until the church becomes more committed than the Kiwanis Club, God can't send nobody in here. He can't send broke down. He can't, see, he can't send anybody in here that need anything because we're not committed enough to be a carrier of an anointing. You say, well, when are you going to get to the preaching part? I'm coming. But I've got to straighten something out and it's burdening my spirit because what we've done is we have taken church and we've lowered it down to a low form of godliness. And we become comfortable with the mechanics of it and the thin anointing in it. And we're not looking for God to send us the hard ones, the broke down ones, the broke down life issued ones, the ones with a problem. Where's the motley crew that should be coming into this house because there's an anointing in our cave? Because I'm going to say something to you. These 400 people that showed up in the cave, they showed up because they knew David was anointed. They showed up because they knew David had an anointing to be king and they believed there was a cause in his life worthy of rallying to. Were they broke? Yes. Were they discontented? Yes. Were they disenfranchised? Yes. That was a motley crew. But what they were drawn to was the ability of God to work through David to bring them, the Bible calls them David's mighty men you don't see mighty men to start with you see folk that everybody wrote off as no good and such were some of you some of us don't deserve where we're at you don't want to talk to me you say why are you talking about together because till we learn to accept what God sends us we'll never see a significant move of God I can do more with a drunk than I can a, 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 a self-entitled. I can do more with a drug addict and a prostitute than I can with a self-entitled, self-promoting, religious entity that takes up a seat. Truth of the matter is, I'd rather you get out of your seat, take your personal preferences with you, clear up some space so that we can take the 400 that desire to be here where there's an anointing so that we can make them mighty. Because you're not going to change the world with religion. You're not going to change the world with the mechanics of the church. We need an uprising of a Holy Ghost group of people who believe God to move in the earth. 
We need somebody to come to this cave because they believe there's an anointing in this cave. I don't want them to come because we're nice. Hopefully we are. If you're our guest, I hope you found we were nice. But nice don't change you. Friendly smiles are wonderful, but they don't change you. There has to be an anointing in the church. There's got to be something that drives the devils out of your life. There's, oh my God, help me. There's got to be something in your life that you say, you know what? There's an anointing in that house. I don't understand their worship. I don't understand their praise. I sure don't understand that preacher. But there's something on the inside of me that says, if I can get in the presence of this God that they worship, my life can change. See, I've never been good at drawing a crowd. Y'all are obvious with that. I'm not nice enough. I'm rude. I'm highly, 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 highly intoxicated with a desire to please my God. And I may be right here at 1358, and this may be my cave. And I may be here waiting on my destiny. And I may be here waiting on my future. And I may be waiting on my promise. But while I'm here in my cave at 1358 Sixes Road, there ought to be an anointing in the cave that draws people who are looking for hope in the midst of a world that can't offer them much hope. See, they'll be attracted to the anointing and they'll be attracted to a cause. Jesus' ministry drawed people because of his anointing and because of his cause. What makes you think that people won't be drawn to an anointing? See, for some reason, we have bought into the marketing strategy of the world that says that to have an anointing will run people away. You know, you can't act like that and, and draw a crowd. You know, nobody's going to want to be in one of those kind of churches. Well, excuse me, but you in one. And in a few minutes when we start laying hands on folk, some of you are going to be heading to the, car, the parking lot because you're like, my God, I don't want to be a part of that. You're the first one, Billy. Your wife said you're first, and I agree. We'll start with you. It wasn't ugly. We were just talking about God moving tonight. Some folk came in here tonight and said, God, I want you to pour it out. I want you to pour out an anointing in my life. I want you to smear me, cover me. I want you to do a work on the inside of me. I want you to change me. I want to be a carrier of victory. I don't want to go to church on Sunday night without you touching me by your presence. I'm not coming here to be seen. I come to get under the flow of the anointing and I want some oil in my life. Five Stones Church thanks you for listening to this message from Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information, events, and the latest news, consider connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Together, we can awaken a generation.